a historic day in the U.S. We're going to dive right into Roe versus Wade, that decision being overturned by men in robes, largely, that promised and then decided to renege on that promise. That law set was precedent. Um, we're going to get into that and the implications for the U.S. We're also going to get into why other countries and people from them may want to sit this one out as far as the opinion game goes. We're going to talk gold. We're going to talk cryptos. We're going to talk the volatility. We got a slight bounce in the market. Is the bear market over? Is it a trap? We'll get with Mr. Nikaj about that. We're going to talk gun control legislation. But let's be absolutely clear, folks, if you're not into the Roe versus Wade discussion, you probably want to sit this one out because it's going to lean heavy on that. I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This is therapy session number 175, otherwise known as Bizarro World. Mr. Hodge, interesting times, fourth turnings, hot summers abound. How are you, sir? I'm doing really good. Um, hopefully you'll hear my libertarian take on both the guns and the uh, abortion debate. Uh, well, not debate, the case, the ruling. And so happy to get into that. Continuing to build cash. To answer your question, the bear market is not over. In fact, it is um, just getting going and uh, you're in a classic bear market trap right now. So uh, caution is still warranted and cash is still king. I'm sure we'll get to that later on. Yeah, you know, let's uh, let's 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 actually start with that, because I think that, again, I think a good bulk of this episode is going to be dominated by the conversation about Roe versus Wade and why it's not a conversation or a debate on law and policy about whether or not abortions are fun or appropriate or morally OK. There are so many more implications to the overturning of Roe versus Wade, and that's going to take up quite a bit of digging into. Um, a shame on both houses, right? This is not just the fault of Supreme Court justices that tend to lean conservative or Republicans. This is also the fault, um, though maybe not equally, but uh, you know, definitely consequent consequentially on on the Democrats, which you know have aided and abetted this for the past decade and a half, and we'll talk about why that is. Um, gold has held up well. The dollar's retreated a bit. How are you feeling about each of those? Um, gold's held up really well. It's held up as rates. The 10-year went well over 3%. It's uh, held up as rates pulled back. So, you know, we're learning that gold is doing relatively well in both a rising rate and a declining rate environment. Uh, dollars back to, to its highs after uh, the brief pullback we discussed in the last episode, perhaps the last two. Um, and so gold remains uh, looking good with even a strong dollar. So um, confident to have my money in gold was telling you I was buying GLD, continue to hold that position. And a gold stocks, we were saying, are not gold. So it's important to touch on that because you've had sort of a uh, a divergence is the appropriate word. Of, bifurcation. Uh, a bifurcation. There you go. <laughs> of gold stocks and from gold, right? So if gold is holding up nicely at 1820, 1830, wherever it is, um, you've had a, a breakdown in the GDX and the GDXJ. So 
GDXJ had supported around $36 and, and you, you broke down below that this week to levels not seen since uh, the world was first learning about COVID. And so gold stocks in, in a precarious place along with the broader markets, you know, we've long said that you know, gold stocks don't get a pass just because you want them to go up and just because they're related to um, an, an equity or not an equity, excuse me, they're related to a metal that's holding up doesn't mean that the gold stocks themselves are going to hold up when people are uh, grasping for liquidity and, and when volatility is as high as it is. So um, caution warranted across the board. I was writing this week being very highly, extremely, add another adjective in there, selective when, when deciding what to uh, deploy my capital to have only really been uh, bidding on a few things and I've certainly been pressing the sell button more than the buy button as I want to. One, have cash because cash is king, as I said at the beginning. The dollar is strong. I have bills to pay like everyone else. And so fortunate to, to be able to sell stocks, whereas a lot of people are, um, you know, going on credit cards. We've seen rising credit card debt and, and that's going to come back to bite people, especially as interest rates rise. And so um, it's a bear market. Uh, gold is your safety. Dollars are your safety. Uh, and continue to be cautious out there, I think is the answer. And, and you know, let's uh, I, I like mentioning Patriot Battery Metals because they have news almost every week. And I just think it's a good proxy for how this market, even to companies that are delivering spectacular results, really are being rewarded. They were just a month ago, right? Patriot Battery Metals put out a hole that was the best drill hole to date. Um, and, and be clear, they've had some spectacular hits at the Corvette property. And, you know, the market reacted for about two hours and then did a U-turn and just kind of sold off a bit and, you know, didn't close the week lower, but it didn't close the week materially higher. So I think that speaks to how little safety there is in all of the other sectors, right? Whether we're talking the NASDAQ, the S&P, the Dow, the TSX, which is in a brutal bear market overall. And even if you're, you know, a solid stock picker and you have a great play like Patriot Battery Metals, which I still think closes the year potentially at $15, $20 and closes the summer at between $5 to $10, doesn't matter right now. Um, with that said, it's got a ton of catalysts ahead. Still my largest position in terms of dollar value. And look, the bulk of my shares are locked up until December. So I go to sleep just waiting for a, a, a merry, merry Christmas and pretty confident that you know, Santa will deliver this year, especially given my low cost bases, right? Um, let's pivot back. Let's talk copper and silver. I had an interesting question and let's throw uranium in the mix too. I had an interesting question from a Mr. Dine subscriber who asked about positioning and he asked whether I preferred or you preferred, we preferred silver to uranium stocks. And, you know, my reply was we don't give individual financial advice, but my personal take is that in the near term, though I love copper, um, copper and silver are going to trade as industrial metals. And if we have falling demand and we have, you know, lockdowns still happening selectively around the world and we still have, you know, logistical issues that are affecting supply chains, naturally that leads to lower demand and, and less need for these metals in the near term. Be absolutely clear, everybody. I am uber bullish on copper for the mid and the long term. This is a near term retracement, but one that anybody that pays attention to the market should have seen coming, especially if you do this for a living and especially if you give advice for a living. Um, the same for silver, right? We know I, I call silver gold's bipolar cousin. 
Um, but look, silver is volatile to the upside and to the downside. On days higher, you're going to get two, three, four percent moves that are exaggerated compared to the price of gold and the percentage moves there. But on the downside, this exact same thing is going to happen. And I think that, you know, silver has traded as what it is right now, an industrial metal. So my answer to that gentleman, and, and I've already responded to this question, but for those of you wondering, out of silver, uranium and copper, which one of those three metals I prefer, I would absolutely, absolutely speculate more on, on, on uranium and the related equities, especially the quality names with, you know, with the asterisks there that it is a more volatile sector because it is a smaller sector, right? Small amounts of selling can, you know, make a very disproportionate move to the downside. The small amounts of buying can make disproportionate moves to the upside. And I see more buying coming in the uranium space than I do selling here in the near term, the midterm, and the long term, if we wanted to find that between now and three to five years. We've been saying that uranium stocks were oversold and that there were some real discounts or bargains out there. The, the market seemed to take advantage of that um, here at the end of this week, heading into the end of June. I should date it because this is going to come out uh, a couple of days after we uh, recorded. Going back to the prior week, call it like the third week of June, it seemed like people were selling everything that wasn't nailed to the floor, right? Um, and then in the past couple of days, we've had a couple of updates in the broader markets that have begotten some uh, risk on sentiment, let's call it, that's allowed the, the, the juniors to be a bit buoyant. But um, on the whole, you've had a breakdown in, in the commodities index, right? So they call it Dr. Copper for a reason. It, it sort of, um, you know, prognosticates or diagnoses what's going on with the economy. And if we're saying a slowdown is coming, then um, of course, copper was facing a slowdown. It's been a while since I wrote that article, but it's now materializing. What happened um, is that the, the, the CRB commodities index was still going straight up, but that was largely driven by oil, right? You had, right. You had oil at 120 um, back in March, and even oil's lost uh, 20 or 30 bucks down closer to, to, to 100 than 130 at this point. And as that oil uh, deflated a little bit, you had a pullback in, in, the, in the commodities index, and um, that's led to some softness uh, in the commodity space, even big ones um, like tech and, and Rio, for example, have... I call it falling off a cliff just for the past week. Um, I don't think that lasts forever. Like you say, the medium to long term, uh, if we're doing this transition to electrification, which of course we are, then we're going to need the coppers and, and the lithiums. And uh, in the short term, I, I continue to see more. Uh, I'm going to shift to sentiment and not necessarily numbers now. More a positive sentiment among nuclear in the in the media, right where. Yeah. Um, like CNBC has run an article about people who support nuclear that live next to uh, reactors and Bloomberg's running articles about how, uh, you know, Bill Gates continues to invest in small modular reactors. And now even Rolls-Royce in the UK is going to be building uh, a small modular reactor and talking about how this is one of our clean energy solutions. And, and of course, Ted, Ted Cruz, that's interrupt you. I'm sorry, but Ted Cruz was highlighting nuclear powered sex toys. Ooh, that's kind of a bit. Uh, well, never mind. It's a Buzz Lightyear uh, joke. I'll leave it alone. <laughs> I didn't see it. I heard, I heard it was good, though. I'll have to get the kids there eventually. I haven't seen it. We'll talk about Buzz Lightyear and the controversy there and Ted Cruz losing his mind because two women pecked on the lips during the movie. You know, oh, my God. 
Oh no! Do you know there's a backstory there? Now we're really just going to get into Bizarro World, talking all over the place. So my wife was telling me that I think when one of the previous Toy Stories was getting made, um, like some of the files got lost or, or something like that, and they thought they had lost some critical parts of the movie. And there was this one like production assistant, a female, um, who was working from home and had a copy of the movie like on her home computer, and so was able to save. Uh, the production of one of the previous Toy Stories, and as sort of a nod, nod, wink, wink, she got to be the the director and producer of this new movie, and so uh, that's how Light uh, Lightyear came to be, the current movie that's out. So just interesting backstory there. Sorry, yeah, I got off track. didn't mean to interrupt you. you know, my brain is spazzy, especially this week with a lot going on. Good no, but uh, I think I think. Last point I was going to make is that uh, they're still selling to be had. So you can pick your spots when you're when you're looking to buy things, right? Like uh, I have bids in for Revival Gold and I've been a penny away from buying it in the open market. But I continue to think that um, that'll get hit. And as a broader point, you know, people felt a lot richer last year, right? They either got stimulus checks or their uh, accounts were at all time highs. And now you're seeing a, a deleveraging, let's call it, where... Um, you know, tech stocks are going to still have a rough go of it and, and people are still going to have to, to sell stocks. So I think, um, you know, we're not in the end of this selling yet. We're just in a, in a, in a bear market bounce. Um, let's get right into crypto before we talk Roe versus Wade and, and, and what that means for the U.S. And, and women's rights and, you know, what it's going to mean potentially for uh, same sex uh, rights here in this country, among other things. Uh, crypto, crypto bounce, crypto bear trap. Crypto looking healthy again? I know you oh, wanted to have all Bitcoin. Yeah, no, it's it's the same. It's so correlated to the S&P yeah. that it's a bear market bounce, just like the, the stocks are doing. I told you I was buying down around 20,000. I think we're up around 21, 21 and a half thousand um, right now. But the chart broke. I mean, it broke down below support, which was at around 20,600 bucks. We saw it go down to um, 18,000 ish, you could see it fall to 14 to 16,000. And to me, that would be like the true bottom. It would wash out some of these uh, people, the pomps of the world, the Pomplianos who continue to, to tweet. They're almost sounding like shift in gold now. Like Bitcoin is the true hedge. Like what the fuck are you talking about? Bitcoin is the true inflation. It's down 60% asshole. It's only an inflation hedge if you sold at the top. But it's because it's sensing the inflation, that, the deflation that's coming, Nick. That's why it's, it's the dollars. The, the dollars Bitcoin is scientific, Nick. It's sensing the deflation that's coming. That's why yeah. it didn't see the inflation, but it senses the deflation, and that's why it's selling off. It's actually talking to you. Did it sense your money getting trapped in all these exchanges that are going bye bye? I mean, the saying was "to the moon." I didn't think. I don't think they meant like money heaven. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so you no, still like Bitcoin a, in the long term, but the short term, it's still dodge it, it, avoid it. Not the I, time to be nibbling. I would buy more if it went back to 18 or below, but it's a, it's a bear market trap for now. <clears throat> All right, let's get right into it. Um, Roe versus Wade was overturned in the U.S. It's June the 24th. Um, the streets are filled with supporters of the decision and protesters protesting the decision. I want to be absolutely clear to everyone that's listening and watching and reading. I personally am not someone who is inclined um, to have someone or ask a woman or be it my wife, be it a partner, be it whoever um, at any point in my life to have an abortion. That's a personal belief, right? That is something that if I had gotten someone pregnant at 15, 16, 17, 18. I did at 19. So, and then, you know, beautiful son, 24. No, that was amazing. But I, 
I personally don't believe in abortion as it relates to I made a consensual decision and now there is a baby and, you know, I believe that the woman should have an abortion. I think that is absolutely 100% a woman's choice. Should a man be consulted if he's involved, if he's responsible, if he's accountable? Absolutely. I believe that too. But be also clear. I don't believe anyone else has any fucking right to tell any woman what they get to do with their bodies. And I sure in the hell don't believe that people with robes on sitting on a bench get to decide that if a woman is held at gunpoint and raped, that she is going to be forced, not educated, not helped, not supported, forced to have that baby. The ruling overturning Roe versus Wade puts us in a situation here in America where if said woman was held at gunpoint, that gun actually has more fucking legal protection than the woman does as it relates to a decision about whether or not she wants to carry that pregnancy to term. The overturning of this decision does not make any exceptions, any exceptions. And Clarence Thomas, you get special fuck yous this week because the, 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 the trap door, what, what you're not going to hear about a lot, especially if you're outside the country, folks, is, is, is the concurring opinion that one of the justices, Clarence Thomas, wrote, where he wrote that the Supreme Court now should reconsider the same gay, rulings gay that now protect not just the gay marriage, yes, gay marriage, same-sex relationships and same-sex marriage, but also contraception, but also contraception. Pay attention to what they're doing, folks. The, the, the same justices that swore under oath to their own party that Roe versus Wade was precedent and that they felt it was well-established law when they were being questioned about their beliefs as it related to the law. And mind you, I am no lawyer. I'm just telling you what they said. These are their words on the record. They said that was set. They said the precedent was set. That is not something they were going to seek to overturn. That largely was a basis of why they got support from a lot of the more centrist-leaning Republicans. They just straight up lied. And we've talked on this podcast before in prior episodes about watching what they do and not what they say and, and how what people do to and with you and for you speaks volumes and speaks the truth to how they look at you, whether they respect you. And whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you were lied to. If you're a Libertarian, you were lied to. Anybody that supported the justices that overturned this was absolutely lied to. And I have nothing but the utmost contempt for Clarence Thomas, who picks a moment in history, which this is, and many of you don't realize it now, but talk, talk, talk with us by the end of the summer and you watch how it's going to play out. It's going to be chaos. On a day that's so historic and consequential for women and then what looks like also same-sex marriages and same-sex relationships, um, this guy has the nerve to write a concurring opinion about what comes next, which is just a straight-up dog whistle to everybody. For all the Republicans and all of the people that are on Twitter and on TV and, you know, just praising how you just protected all life, you are so full of shit. You are such hypocrites. You have done no such thing. 
It's the equivalent of voting for prohibition in the 20s, knowing damn well that all you did was centralize the people that were and weren't going to drink. Because if you're rich in this country, I don't care if you're black, white, blonde, brunette, redhead, crazy or not, you still will be able to get an abortion by flying to any one of the states that will still welcome you and provide those services for you, along with the other reproductive services that places like Planned Parenthood, which do a phenomenal job of providing other services outside of abortions, um, that, that those places provide. And so if you're mobile, if you're financially mobile, if you're wealthy, if you're rich, if you have two pennies to rub together, this doesn't affect you. This isn't a law for you. So I can understand if you're a man or a woman and you have money, why you go, all right, I have more control now. I got money, so it doesn't affect me, but I also get to dictate what women do. And, 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 and if I live in a state where I want that much control over a woman's body, it's a despicable decision to me. I think it's clear. I don't, you know, it, I, they couldn't be any more clear, the justices that voted for this. And in Clarence Thomas's case, um, he's signaling what's coming next. And be careful out there, folks. It's going to be it's going to be a tough summer. And um, that, let, let me be also clear. And I'll, I'll speak for myself. Nick and I co-own two companies. We take great pride in making sure that we respect everybody. We're inclusive. We're compassionate. We're accountable. That's a corporate philosophy for us. We have always gone out of our way to make everybody from all viewpoints, all walks of life, whether you agree with abortion or not, whether you agree with immigration or not whether you agree with trans rights or not, whatever your viewpoint is, we respect that as long as you respect people that have a different viewpoint. All opinions and beliefs are welcome, but imposing your belief on someone else is a different story. No one's forcing me to have an abortion. No one's forcing me into a same-sex marriage. No one's forcing me into contraception. It's nice to have those choices. We're in America and women... <laughs> Women now in almost, I think, 32 states are not going to have a lot of those choices. It's a sad day in this country. Yeah. Um, I didn't organize my thoughts. We'll see if anything I says makes, say makes sense. You know, as a libertarian, I'm, I'm pro-choice pretty much everything, right? Including the uh, Second Amendment, which I think is where I want to start, actually. Mm. Uh, because there was gun uh, news this week as well. Um out of the Supreme Court and also gun legislation passed out of Congress. So it was a big legislative uh, and judicial news week. Um, you know, they overturned um, the the concealed carry, the way concealed carry permits were issued in New York, which affects several other states, including Maryland, which I used to live, saying that it was unconstitutional, frankly, to, to make someone... Uh, meet a criteria to give you further reasoning that was subjectively evaluated by the state to get your concealed carry permit. And you know what? I agree with that. Um, I think that was the, the, the right decision. And um, it, But the reasons that, that I agree with it and some of the reasons that um, other people backed it, including um, Justin Amash, which I've mentioned on this podcast before, is yeah. that it, it it discriminated against minorities and and the less fortunate uh, uh, the less well off people in New York, right? Because if you were black or Latino, you were less likely to get your concealed carry permit when you applied for it in that state. And so those marginalized individuals, in this case, were protected by upholding that right, um, which flies in the face of uh, protecting the rights of individuals who are marginalized here with the the Roe versus Wade decision, right? And so. 
Um, if you're a conservative, I don't know how you how you rectify that logically in your mind, it's specifically if you're pro Second Amendment and you want the government to stay out of it and just let you exercise your rights. Then it, 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 it's beyond me why you want the government to regulate somebody else's right or somebody else's ability to choose what's best for them. Um, and I guess that's that's the first thing is that um, you, you've got to you've got to weigh the two against each other, right? It's, I mean, they're wanting to have their cake and eat it too, and 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 that's not right. And so, and the other thing I'd say I'd, I'd say is I'd point to like infant mortality rates, right? You know, we talk about um, how we don't protect these kids once they. Uh, come out of the womb, right? Like uh, the people who want Roe versus Wade to be overturned are all interested in, in uh, protecting the, the life of the fetus, right? Until it's actually a, a real life out of the womb, right? And I point to Idaho, which I live next to, um, because they're going to be one of the first states they're talking about, like this weekend, they're going to ban abortions, right? Uh, after this ruling. But, you know, Idaho has one of the highest infant mortality rates in the country, right? And so, uh, you think they would want to look in the mirror or, or, or not throw stones because they live in a glass house, right? Where, okay, we want to ban abortion immediately after this rule is is, is overturned. Um, but we also have the highest infant mortality rate in the country. Why don't we do a better job at, at lowering that, protecting the infants that, that come out of the womb, instead of trying to tell people what to do with their uh, own bodies? And so... Last point I'd make is that, and I've discussed this on the podcast before, so sometimes I look at broken record, but, you know, my wife used to work in the in the women's healthcare industry and, and, and the stories that you hear, um, yeah, there's cheating wives and there's people who feel they're too young or, you know, they don't have enough money to take care of a, of, of a kid. But there's also, you know, gang rape and incest and um, all sorts of things that you can't even uh, imagine, right? You use the example of being raped at gunpoint. I mean... Uh, the stories that you would hear are uh, unconscionable. I mean, and so these, in many cases, it's not like these women are, are doing it because, you know, they think it'll help their life trajectory or they don't feel like taking care of a baby or they, they feel like they're not in a position to have a baby. It's, you know, they're carrying the, the, the child of their attacker or uh, they're carrying the child of one of their close relatives who, who raped them, right? And so uh, to have a blanket uh, edict here, to, to, to not have any exemptions, um, I mean, it's just really trampling on uh, you know, caring for people when they're they're at their most vulnerable and in many cases when they've been victims of, of crimes. And so, um, yeah, I guess those those are my thoughts on it. And uh, I guess lastly, you know, we talked about our views as a corporation. You know, we'll continue uh, to be inclusive and, and, and to offer support to, to anyone who needs it in the face of the, the, the culture wars and the the, the persecution that's going on um, from the government and, and other corporations are doing so as well. I mean, and being rewarded in the market, I should say. Um, um, like Dick's Sporting Goods CEO uh, said that they would pay $4,000 for um, a woman and, and, and a supportive party to, to reimburse travel expenses to go to a state where they could receive care. And the stock was, was up, you know, more than the S&P was up. I mean, the market responded to that decision. Uh, Levi's was on the list. Gap was on the list. And that was just in a couple of hours that, that I spent, you know, poking around on, on Twitter today. So, um, and that's the last thing I guess I'll say is that um, part of the fourth turning, right, which you mentioned at the top of the hour, is how we respond to these things and 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 what corporations do and what individuals do. And um, on the corporate level, you're seeing some of that already. And 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 on the individual level and the, and sort of the fringe level, 
uh, very curious to see what happens because you know we know the abortion debate is is one that can easily go to violence on both sides and so uh, hot summer continues unfortunately and has historically, let's be absolutely clear. I, I, I mentioned prohibition and I mentioned how there's analogs already. You're not going to end abortion, folks. You're not. All you're going to do is make it less safe. And you're really marginalizing people that don't have the affluence to be able to seek out safe care and alternatives. And so if you know that and you still celebrate this and you also do nothing uh, in the way of providing, you know, a, a, a coherent healthcare system in this country or, you know, a, a criminal justice system that works. Another ruling the Supreme Court made that, 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 you know, wasn't really talked about or publicized much was they basically ruled that cops can lie to you and coerce a confession from you. They, they, they ruled that a, a police who don't advise people of their Miranda rights, which in this country is the right to remain silent, the right to an attorney, and that everything you say can and will be used against you, that if you don't know these things, a, a cop can basically lie to you and coerce a confession um, out of you, and you can't be sued because of the immunity that police officers have in this country. And so, again, I'm just seeing in America that more and more caters, frankly, to people like us, Nick, men, have a couple of coins we can put together. We can fly wherever we need to to get whatever we need, right? It's not really affecting us. We're heterosexual. So I'm, I'm not on any form of contraception. But man, are you really doing a job on women, y'all? And, and, and I know what's next. It's going to be the same-sex marriages. It's going to be same-sex relationships. Um, going after women's contraception in this country on a federal basis you know, we've talked about employers doing it and how if you're a private employer, you have a right to support or not support whatever you want. It's your business. You you know, if, if, if you don't like the corporate policy, leave. That's very different from a federal mandate that attacks contraception. And I know it may seem far-fetched right now, but that's what Clarence Thomas wants. Yeah, I'm going to jump all over the place again. So back to the Miranda rights, um, you know, you see this continued enshrining of, of, of police, right, putting them up on, on, on a pedestal and, and, and making it so that there's less accountability when they when they do things wrong, um, which flies in the face of some of the things that, you know, we see play out in front of us. We can point back to like Uvalde, for um, example, and the gentleman who made the call not to go in, thankfully, was uh, put on administrative leave. He, you know, I, I personally think that it should have been more than administrative leave, but you're seeing the need in, in real life examples to, to hold police accountable, right? And yet, um, in the in the ivory tower of the Supreme Court, they they continue to make it so that um, police have um, maybe not more power, but less accountability, right? Um, and just to to split hairs there, um, if they if the police do force a confession out of you, if they don't, you know, read you your Miranda rights or whatever, uh, that's not to, that that's won't be admissible in court. Is is something that people are misconstruing? Like if, if you give a confession under duress. It's, it, it's not going to be admissible in court, but you can't then go back on the police officer to say, um, you know, you didn't read me my Miranda rights or whatever. So I know that might be not a condolence to many, but at least you can know that a forced confession should not be admissible in court per this uh, ruling. And then, you know, you said we got to take both sides to task. And that's something that we failed to do so far. It's like, you know, Democrats <laughs> yeah, had control for a long time. Right. And, um, you know, 
a couple of things. One, if it's that big of an issue to you and you're, you know, I see Maxine Waters out on the street. I see AOC out in the street. You know, where were you guys uh, 10, 12 years ago trying to codify the opposite of this into law when you did have the majority, right? Um, and why did you allow Mitch, Mitch Turtle McConnell to, to steamroll you in the, in the, in the Supreme Court uh, depositions or, or confirmation hearings, right? It, just a, a lack of strength to me from the from the Democrats, too. And I'll give AOC a pass because she's been consistent in advocating for that to happen. And, and she hasn't been around as long as Pelosi and Schumer. And she's actually butted heads with them publicly over this issue. But the Schumers and the Pelosi's and those of y'all that just support the left, um, Barack Obama had a very eloquent statement, as he often does. <laughs> hey, motherfucker, you were the guy that campaigned on this in 2017, where you promised, along with immigration, that this was going to be one of your primary goals in, in the first hundred days of taking office to prevent this exact same thing. So this isn't something that wasn't on the ra radar of the leaders on the left, everybody. And this is my point about both sides lying to you yeah. and not really caring. They're going to continue with their secret service protection. They're going to continue to have scotches and whiskeys and talk philosophy and in political theory behind the scenes. And they're going to continue to fly and get whatever the hell they want whenever the hell they want it. But what they're doing to and for the citizenry, it's not equal and it should be accountable. I I, I got to deal with stupid ass Marjorie Taylor Greene um, tweeting just now that AOC just launched an insurrection. Any violence and rioting is a direct result of Democrat marching orders. This because AOC encouraged everyone to go protest peacefully in front of the Supreme Court, which is a motherfucking American right that's in the Constitution, bitch. Read it. Try it. Have a fucking thought. Both sides should be taking a task. It's why I lean libertarian on almost every issue. Um, I agree with you about the decision uh, with, with New York and, and how just egregious that concealed carry standard was. It was absolutely discriminatory for anybody that wanted to lawfully carry a concealed weapon in the state of New York. And I am all for people being for or against abortion or women's reproductive rights or same-sex marriage or, you know what Clarence Thomas left out? You know what one of those little issues in the case law that he cited to want to go after same-sex marriage and same-sex benefits and, and reproductive uh, contraception and, and reproductive rights? He failed to include that interracial marriage was also a part of those three cases that he mm. cited. You know why? Because he's married to a white woman. I ain't you put that whole thing on there if you really feel the law is the fucking law. Mm -hmm. It's hypocrisy at its finest. That's my rant. I'm going to leave it there. This one, it gets me hot under the collar. Not because I'm a, I'm a historian or a lawyer or, 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 or qualified even as a, as a, from a legal perspective to speak on it. But as a human being who is accountable, as a human being who likes fairness and compassion and, and who likes to lead from that, Boy, this one gets me going. Nick. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting times, right? And 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 before we move on, I, I just one last thing is, you know, uh, have some nuance, right? Um, like I, I know that's a rare thing in these tribal culture war fourth turning days, but you know, I can be in favor of the Supreme Court ruling for the the Second Amendment in in in, in 
New York with the concealed carry. And I can also be in favor of the, the gun uh, safety package that, that Congress just passed. Right? Like, uh, I think that was a step in the right dire direction. The enhanced background checks, the enhanced mental health stuff, access to mental health records for um, uh, from your juvenile days when you when you go to buy a gun. Like, um, you can you can you can you can have both and you, and you can change your mind right and so i would just encourage everybody to um you said have a thought but also have a nuanced thought a lot of thoughts <laughs> a lot of thoughts i wanted to talk about the um investigation in the uvalde um massacre of those babies that was pretty much aided and abetted by the local police department. Um, I, I want to save that because I believe that deserves its own space and its own time and its own attention. Uh, but I will say this. It's curious to me that all these law and order law enforcement officers now want to testify privately and in secret and are doing everything they can to prevent the release of body cam footage. These are the same people that execute no-knock warrants and kick doors down in the middle of the night and, you know, do all the things that come with that. They couldn't allegedly open a lock without a janitor's key, and they waited an hour for that while babies called. There's more to this story than what is being told publicly. It's gone eerily quiet the last few days. It'll be interesting the next time we have this conversation, Nick, what, if anything else is disclosed. But I think this is going to be, if it was at all possible, an even bigger tragedy than it already has been. Um, so I'll leave that alone. <laughs> That's why I was I so riled up about it in the days after the, 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 the shooting, man. I don't think I tweeted anything for two or three days except for, uh, you know, about the police and why they waited so long and, and this and that. And yeah, no, it flies in the face of all the money we've given them, all the equipment we've given them. Um, they could have clearly overpowered this guy. They had bigger and more weapons and, and certainly they can open a fucking door. I think I said Obama made it a campaign promise in 2017. It was 20, 2007. And if I said 2007, I meant 2007. But it was 2007 when he campaigned and promised that, you know, Roe versus Wade would be protected. And, you know, by the way, talking about, you know, having a nuanced thought, like I actually don't believe that the Democrats should vote to end the filibuster. Because, again, I think that's just more government interference, which is what... I think both Nick and I are against. We don't want government telling us who to sleep with, how to sleep with them, the positions I can take, the guns I can have, the guns I can't have, where I can have them. I, we just want some common sense, hands-off governing. I, I, I had the good fortune of spending four days in Costa Rica recently. I just got back. And one, the people were amazing. Two, the culture is beautiful. The place is magical, right? It was in a place called Tamarindo. Um, look it up. It's amazing. But it was interesting because I was having a conversation with the gentleman that picked us up and dropped us off at the airport. And he was talking about the respect for dissenting opinion. And now people, you know, make it a point to be very civil. And now one of the things that makes Costa Rica so special, and I think more kind is how he put it, is that they don't have an active military. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't have an active military in the U.S. for obvious reasons. What I am saying is... <laughs> You know, he, he spoke about 
how it was so important to not intrude into people's personal lives and how corrupted militaries around the world had become and how although there's still a lot of corruption in Costa Rica, the military was one less institution that they had to deal with as it related to corruption and obviously a very, very powerful one. You know, the one that I think is is most aiding and abetting in a country that's near and dear to my heart where my parents come from and where I was made, which is Mexico, right? I was born here. You guys know the story. Came over when my mom was five months pregnant. Um, but but I thought I thought I thought that was interesting. And I think we're gonna see a whole heck of a lot more military this summer in the streets. I don't think it's a coincidence that you know, all of the uh, the walls and the fences were put up prior to this decision. Everybody knew what was coming and, and what's coming after this is going to be it's going to be tough, y'all. Yep. I saw the shields and, uh, and the shin guards <laughs> and knee pads. I saw them marching out for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of accountability, I heard a joke. Do you want to hear my joke? Sure. <laughs> what does a Republican say when he accidentally bumps into Trump? What's he say? Pardon me. <laughs> That's uh, fine. Speaking of hypocrisy and accountability, folks, and speaking of, you know, switching back, we gave it to the Democrats, all of them, from Biden to Pelosi to Barack, all the eloquent statements aside, I don't care. Y'all facilitated this decision as much as anyone else. Republicans just actually had the backbone to go after what they wanted to go after for a very long time. They didn't hide it. But two things are interesting. Mr. Trump actually disagrees with this. He has said in the past privately that he didn't believe that Roe versus Wade should be overturned, right? Um, people forget he's had three or four baby mamas. People forget that I'm sure he's paid, you know, for, 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 for a couple of abortions here and there. And I'm sure there's some great NDAs and some stories to be had out there. But it's interesting to me how many Republicans went to Trump in the days after January the 6th begging for a pardon. I'll put a link up to the story, Matt Gates included, little fuck, um, but yeah, it was amazing to me that immediately after that happened, all these people felt guilty about something, Nick. And then I start reading about the tours, the special tours that were given on January the 5th by members of Congress, where these people had access to rooms and, 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 and photograph access to places that nobody had ever inquired about in the past or toured anyone around, um, very interesting times. Very interesting times. You can vote for whoever you want, y'all. I don't believe most of them. We are in the midst of a fourth, tur fourth turning where all of this is going to get torn down. Um, it may take a while. It'll likely take, you know, five, six, seven, eight years to play out. My one silver lining, if I, if I, if I have one, is that I, I, I believe in this generation. I believe in the youths. Um, ambition and, and 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 willingness to sacrifice for change. And I do believe that the mid-2030s will look very different than the mid-2020s. The mid-2020s are not going to be the safest place to be an American in America, folks, especially if you don't have money and the means to defend yourself. Um, I'll leave that there. I think, I think, I think, I think we'll, we'll leave that there. Next couple of years are going to be interesting. You know, I drove uh, six hours through Idaho and Montana this week on the way back from a site visit. And there's lots of handmade Trump 2024 signs uh, on that route. And um, he talked about you know pardoning some of those January 6th people, uh, maybe not necessarily politicians, but uh, the citizens who were 
um, already charged and who could still be charged. And um, in a very real way, he's uh, still got a stranglehold on the uh, Republican Party. Um, two instances, I guess, here in the midterms, he had great success uh, backing candidates that uh, went on to win. And then just anecdotally, I saw a story this week about, you know, some guy was uh, touring Congress with his kid and then he was pointing out to his kid um, the Republicans who weren't Trump backers, right, saying like, you know, look at look at these guys. These are the people who don't support Trump. Right. And so I don't see anybody doing that for anybody else that's running for office. Interesting times. Anything else you want to get off your chest, Nick? Um, just precarious in the market still. So um, we're about to get to the end of June, which means half the year is over, which means Q2 is over, which means uh, we'll start getting. Uh, Q2 numbers, uh, both as it relates to GDP and as it relates to earnings, those comps aren't going to be um, favorable, especially for um, tech companies. I think you get a further deleveraging um, people selling stocks, um, uh, earnings coming in that 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 aren't favorable to uh, Mr. Market rewarding them uh, to the upside. And, and uh, I just lost my last train there, but uh, just continue to be uh, cautious, uh, protect your cash and and know that um, we still got a bit of a, a tough road to hoe, as it were, when it comes to the broad market indices. I want to read a quote from Mr. John F. Kennedy a year before he got his head blown off in Dallas. He said, those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revo revolution inevitable. Let me read that to you again, folks. Those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. I am Gerardo Del Real. This was therapy session and boy, did I need it this week. Number 175, we call it Bizarro World. It is indeed that, getting more Bizarro by the week. We'll talk Jupiter next week. We'll talk um, the gun rights legislation that was passed and we'll applaud both sides for getting something done. Um, but that's all I have, Mr. Nick Hodge. It's been a pleasure as always. This was number 175. Send us off, Mr. Hodge. Pura vida, Gerardo. Pura vida. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.